Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Plenty of time for your calls coming in this hour. I'll tell you when to ring it up. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Our guests are on the Goodyear hotline. Interesting conversation earlier today with Paul Feinbaum. Tim Tebow continues to be just an interesting person, and we've talked a lot about him. We're going to get back into Russell Westbrook in a minute. But, Hembo, you told me you found something interesting while we were on our break. I did. Jason Light, the general manager of the Buccaneers, was on the Rich Eisen Show this morning and said this about Tom Brady. Quote, I told him if he wants to play until he's 50 and he's still playing and he feels like he can still play, he can play until he's 50. God, that's fascinating, isn't it? (laughs) So Jason Light has said that to Tom Brady. While Brian Goodenkunst wants to understand why Aaron Rodgers is upset when he said to Aaron Rodgers, you're 36 at the time he made that mm-hmm. pick, and we'd like you out of here in the next 20 minutes. And how long has Tom Brady even known Jason Light? Uh, far, far less time <laughs> than Jordan Love has been a member of oh, the Green yeah. Bay Packers. That's right. I mean, that, that's, that's the actual truth. Jordan Love has been a Packer. No, I shouldn't say that. Brady signed in March. So Brady has been a buck one month longer than Jordan Love has been a Packer. And I feel a little bad for Jordan Love. Because a lot of the ire seems to be directed at him. And when I say seems to, I mean from me. I find myself saying things that I I want to back off of. I have nothing against Jordan Love. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. What has been done unto Aaron Rodgers was done using him, but it had nothing to do with him. So I blame him for this, not one iota. But just listen to that juxtaposition. Tom, you're here till you're 50 if you want to be. Aaron? Do you need some bags? We can help you pack things up. We can get you some luggage. Anything you need to get out of here, we've already got the guy ready to take over your job and your locker. No problem. So we're done. We're, we're, we're done with you, Aaron. Thanks for everything. There'll be a watch in the mail. <laughs> and, and over here is Tom. Tom, what do you want? Gra- he should get a grandfather clock. He was there for 16 years. We, we will, we will, in the meantime, Tom Brady will be playing when he is a grandfather. Tom Brady, they're, Tom, they're like literally, you want us to rename the city? We'll do it. Like it's been Tampa long enough. It'll become Tampa. Gladly. We will rename the city if we will start a petition to do it. It's just incredible to me. And a place in Green Bay where nothing is more important anywhere than football is in Green Bay. For this to be playing out there just makes me nuts. All right. Meanwhile, we get back to my question here. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Here's my question of the day. Is it possible to be both overrated and underrated at the same time? It's a fascinating question. And I think the answer is yes. Because Russell Westbrook exists. And Russell Westbrook, I think, is at once the most overrated and underrated player I can ever remember. People try to diminish the things that he does like crazy. People love to diminish Russell Westbrook's accomplishments. And I get it. He became kind of the villain through some stuff. KD was so beloved. If you take yourself back in time to when those two guys were on OKC together, KD's image now is vastly different than it was then. Bear in mind, that was at a time when KD was the MVP. He said his mom was the real MVP crying at the press conference. You remember he used to wear that backpack to the press conferences when when OKC went to the finals that year? I mean, KD was was beloved. And Russell Westbrook was beliked and generally thought to be the guy who didn't let KD shoot enough, who just wasn't willing to let KD be the guy as much as KD should have been the guy. 
I think that's where it all started with Russell. And he also just doesn't have that kind of embrace me personality. The truth is, he's more interesting than most of the other players combined. His fashion stuff alone fascinates me. His individualism, his sense of self, his total confidence, the whole Mamba mentality thing, which he embodies, I think, as much as anybody in the sport. I love him. Let me make it clear. I love him. But there are people who try and bring him down. But then you flip it to the other side. Now I got people telling me he's a top five point guard of all time. Good God. (laughs) I mean, what are we talking about? He's not a top five point guard right now. If I gave you the following options to be your point guard right now, stop me when I get to one you would take uh, Russell Westbrook ahead of. Okay. Steph, Dame Lillard, Chris Paul, James Harden, Luka Doncic. LeBron James. I'm counting LeBron as a point guard. If you don't want to, you don't have to. He is a point guard. I've said forever he was put on this earth to be the greatest point guard that ever lived. He only recently started mostly playing his true perfect position. But all those guys are better, right? Right. I mean, I think so. I'm not knocking him, am I, by saying that? That's my point. Am I selling him short by saying that? Or are you overrating him by arguing with me? Is he better than Dame Lillard? Hell no. Nuno, get on a microphone here. You're my vice president of basketball. Dame Lillard or, or, or Russell Westbrook right now, go. Lillard. Now for sure, right? I mean, Doncic. Oh, Luca. For sure, right? James Harden. James Harden's a point guard. You're taking Harden. And then I think even when you're talking about guards, I think I'd probably take Beal before him on his own team. There's just... He's such a polarizing figure of he's great, but he's never going to be that guy for, I think, any fan base. I mean, and I don't, again, that's what makes it unfair. That's why he's overrated and underrated. Is he a greater player historically, in your judgment, than Carmelo Anthony? I think there are a lot of similarities with how those two players are perceived. See, Carmelo, it's kind of the opposite. Like, people loved Carmelo. And one of the reasons is he came in with a college national championship. Maybe I'm dis, I may be disproportionately impacted by this because mm. I know so many Syracuse people. No one who works in the media doesn't know a million people who went to Syracuse. Uh, there's a little insight for everyone who wants to be a member of the media, particularly the sports media. 40% of it went to Northwestern, 40% of it went to Syracuse, and the other 20% make up the rest of the world. <laughs> so I am surrounded by the Syracuse people, so maybe I'm just disproportionately surrounded by Carmelo Anthony love. The analytics people, people like me, say Carmelo Anthony is really overrated. A lot of those same people say the same thing about Russell Westbrook. I get it. I totally get it. I mean, uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony at a time when the game shifted towards three-point shooting, that wasn't he, he is the, 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 the poster child for what the sport isn't anymore. Was. Right? Which is taking contested twos and all that kind of stuff. I mean, him at his best. I, I will, I will Car- the Carmelo who was, mm-hmm. you know, in Denver and then that one year with the Knicks when he led the league in scoring and all the rest of that. So I agree with you. There's a similarity there. But if I could just once again go back to top five point guard of all time. So just playing right now, just point guards. Even if you don't want to include LeBron, Steph, Dame, Chris Paul, James Harden, Luka Doncic. Then historically, Magic, Oscar, Jerry West, Bob Cousy, John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas, Jason Kidd. Who are we kidding? I mean, what are we talking about? And that was just off the top of my head. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, so which is it? Or can it be both? That's my question. Can it be both? Like if you see, I, I can't think of any other person or thing that you might say is underrated or overrated that you would say it's both. Like I've always said, I think ginger ale is underrated. 
I think ginger ale is the underrated soft drink. It's my favorite. I love it. I love it. And I've always said it's underrated. No one would ever, well, I guess you might say it's overrated, but no one would say it's both, right? <laughs> you can't say it's both. There are some people who love me on the radio. They think I'm terrific. I'm the most underrated radio personality of all time. Tons of people can't stand me. I'm the most overrated personality of all time. I don't know anyone who thinks I'm both. Russell Westbrook is both. It's confounding. Like, I can't get it through my head how to quantify him. I like putting things in historical perspective. And so I don't know where to put him. If I say he's a top 40 player all time, does that sound right? I think some people would say you're greatly overrating him, and some would say you're greatly underrating him. The people who are saying he's a top five point guard of all time are not going to take kindly to me saying he's top 40 all time. But there are other people that are going to sit there, they're going to make a list, and they're going to tweet it at me in the next two minutes of 41 players who were better than him. So that's the point. He is both overrated and underrated. Maybe that's the definition of polarizing. As we try and figure out what exactly does polarizing mean, that's what it means. Half the people think he's overrated. Half the people think he's underrated. I'm Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance, small business protection for more than vehicles with insurance expertise to keep your company moving forward. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Coming up next, unsolicited advice that might make you a few bucks along the way. Don't miss it. Next, Greeny, ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. I've got some unsolicited advice for you in 30 seconds. I've got a take for you on the NFL, and then I've got time for your phone calls as this hour continues. So we are busy. But right now, these 30 seconds, I'll remind you about HelloFresh. And look, I know, I know you miss a true real break. Not just endless downtime. I mean a break that feels earned, a shortcut you give yourself that makes your life truly easier. And that's how you will feel if you use HelloFresh. HelloFresh lets you skip the grocery store, no crowds, no traffic, no hassle, without sacrificing delicious meals. They have more than 25 chef-created recipes to pick from every week. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12. Use the code Greeny12. You get 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's code Greeny12 at HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. My unsolicited advice is to bet on Najee Harris to be the rookie of the year. And I brought this up on TV the other day and everyone told me I'm wrong, which only fortified my belief that I'm right. Like most true geniuses, I will not be fully appreciated until after my time. The Pittsburgh Steelers last year didn't run the football, partially because they didn't think they could. And the reality is that while James Conner is a terrific story and a terrific person, he is not a great running back. And their offensive line was bad and banged up and will get better, not worse. Because they will bring in new people and it can't get worse than it was. And just because the people they've brought in aren't not ones who have names that everybody knows doesn't mean they won't turn into good players. The most important thing about an offensive line is cohesiveness and philosophy. That is a team that has an exceptional head coach in Mike Tomlin who recognizes that they have an elite defense. They need to win games by slowing them down. They will be the opposite of what they were a year ago. Ben Roethlisberger flinging around on every single snap. The fact that they didn't run the ball well was not exclusively based on their inability to do so. It was also a philosophical issue that I think will be 180 degrees reversed this year. And Najee Harris is a stud. You don't need me to tell you how good he is. You've seen him play at Alabama. Stud. He's going to run. He's going to catch it out of the backfield. And running backs make an impact. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be a really good NFL player. I think his team this year is going to win four games. Zach Wilson, I think, is going to be a really good NFL player. I don't think his team is sniffing the playoffs. Mac Jones, we'll see. Trey Lance, we'll see. If you're pointing at quarterbacks, Justin Fields, quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks tend to throw a lot of interceptions. I know they tend to give them rookie of the year. Can you pull up? I should have asked you to do this. I got this. it. Give me the last few rookies of the year. Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Dak Prescott, Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham, and, Ed, and Eddie Lacy. Those are the last eight. So four running backs so, out of the last eight. And a receiver. And so a receiver. It, it's, it's pretty evenly split. It's mm-hmm. not all skewed towards quarterbacks. And, and the reason for that is obvious. It's very hard to be a great rookie quarterback. Now, Joe Burrow well, was a rookie. I was a quarterback anyway. I was going to say Joe Burrow probably would have won it last year if he hadn't gotten hurt, but Herbert won it. Right. So a quarterback won it last mm-hmm. year. But the great runner, the great runner makes the immediate impact. And the Steelers need him. And Najee Harris is that level of great. I thought he was tied for the best running back in this draft. And not, by the way, with Travis Etienne, but with Javante Williams, who I think is an absolute stud from North Carolina, who went on the second round. I think he has a real chance to be an outstanding. He could have a great rookie year, too. You have odds on any of that? What, like what, on, on Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, 
And yeah. Yeah, Najee Harris at 14 to 1. He's... I love it. I love Najee Harris at 14 to 1. Again, my most important stipulation on gambling never, I repeat, never, and I will repeat one more time, never gamble with money that you can't afford to lose and not even think about it. Like, not even give it a second thought. But if you can, if you can afford to throw 5, 10, 20, whatever it is, bucks on something, I like Najee Harris as rookie of the How year. How do you like Javante Williams at 30 to 1 to win rookie of the year? Because he's just not as well known. Mm hmm. And, and is ETN on there or no? 22 to 1. ETN so, is 22 to 1. Uh, and, and, I mean, they're all interesting, and I think they're all going to have really good years. But I think Najee Harris is the one that I find particularly interesting. Meanwhile, Greeny's Takes. Here's a take for you. What's going on in Green Bay is ridiculous. I mean, it has really gotten to the point now where it is ridiculous. Devontae Adams is going on with Colin and saying, listen, if Aaron's not here, i got to reconsider my situation. And this is a guy who's going into the last year of his contract. So he literally might put them in a position where they have to trade him or he tells them, you're going to lose me for nothing next year. If you want to get something for me, you better trade me now. And when you do that to an organization, they may just have to do it. They are in, in, in free fall. It's coming apart at the seams. But the most disturbing part of all this is that all these trade packages that I see, everyone is talking about how they need to get a quarterback in return because Jordan Love isn't ready to play. Now, hold on a minute. I know he didn't get a lot of work last year because there was no preseason and because the starting quarterback gets almost all of the reps. But there was no preseason for Joe Burrow last year. He started immediately. There was no preseason for Justin Herbert, and he wasn't even supposed to be the starter. So he didn't even get all the reps and stuff like that in practice. And they, he wound up having to go out there on the field because they gave the wrong injection to the starting quarterback, and he looked awesome immediately. Rookie quarterbacks in the NFL are supposed to be more ready to play than ever. Jordan Love has had a year to at least sit, learn, learn the offense, understand the terminology, the schemes, everything else. He, oh, he, he's not ready to play? What does that mean? He's not as ready as Aaron Rodgers. I get that. But if they trade Rodgers, Love has to be the quarterback, doesn't he? If they get back Drew Locke, are they going to start Drew Locke at quarterback? Let me say this. If they trade Aaron Rodgers for a package that includes Drew Locke and Locke becomes their quarterback, then the pick of Jordan Love, and again, I hate to say this because it's not his fault, but that becomes one of the greatest mistakes that any NFL team has ever made. Can you imagine making a pick for a guy who's not ready to play for his first two years and it costs you Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? <laughs> What the actual heck is going on here? So he's got to be ready to play. I don't want to hear that he didn't get any work. Joe Burrow was ready to play. All these guys this year are going to be ready to play. Guess how many games Jordan Love started in college? See, that's the thing. I don't even remember talking about him leading into the draft that year. So this year, Trey Lance started 17 games, and that was made into a very big deal. Did Love start more than that? He started 32 games. He started 32 games. He started twice as many games as Trey Lance. How can he not be ready? What are we waiting for? I just don't get this. So to me, that is an unimaginable, that, that is potentially an unimaginable disaster. Again, I hate to hang it on the kid because it is not the kid's fault. We all know whose fault it is. It's the fault of the guy who is prioritizing the future over the present, which is something in sports you should never do. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The green list. All right, today's green list is so much fun, and it is going to set up today's phone calls. So I'm just going to re recap it again quickly for you here. This is in honor of Ted Turner, 
the legendary billionaire who founded CNN and any number of other things. He was the owner of the Atlanta Braves. And on this day, May 11, 1977, he managed a Major League Baseball game. Not a spring training game. They don't have spring training in May 11th. He managed a Major League game. So I gave you the top five list of things I would do if I was the owner of a baseball team. And I went through them. I would completely redesign the menu. I'd play at least one daylight game every weekend. I'd overrule the manager one time per week. I'd make one personnel decision per month. And I would have one game every year where I play every position besides pitcher and catcher. That was my fun with this. I'm inviting you to have yours now. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. If you owned your favorite team, whatever team, whatever sport, If you were the owner of that team, what is the one thing you would most love to do? The one thing you'd most love to do. I'm looking for as much creativity as we can get here and make it as particular to your particular team or your particular self as you would like. 888-729-3776. What is the one thing you would do if you owned your favorite team? We're back with your calls next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. <laughs> this is a good song. I don't care what anybody says. I am Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Presented by Progressive Insurance and our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Your calls are 30 seconds away with your answer to what you would do in the event you owned your favorite team. Plus, we have an etiquette question we still have to get to. We are jam-packed. But I do need to spend 30 seconds reminding you about Straight Talk Wireless. This is the Straight Talk. Saving money feels good, of course. But cutting your wireless bill in half feels really good, like walk-off home run in the ninth good. With Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month. That's up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract. All on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. 
The list is what determines who matters in this business. The green list. So the list is what inspired this. Again, Ted Turner managed a game on this day, 1977. He was the owner of the Atlanta Braves, and he just did what he wanted to because he owned the team. So he managed a game. So I told you, the top five things I'd do if I was the owner, I would redesign the ballpark menu. I'd play one daylight game every weekend. I'd overrule the manager once per week. I'd make one personnel decision per month. And I would have one game every year where I play every position besides pitcher and catcher. Those are the things I would do. So my question to you now at 888-SAY-ESPN is, if you owned a team, congratulations. I'm making you the owner of your favorite team. What's the one thing you would most love to do? Any sport? Any team, your call. Bubba, who's first? First up is Steve. All right, Steve. What, what's the one thing you would do if you owned your favorite team? Green, first, love the show. Been listening forever. Hey, since I'm the new owner of the Los Angeles Rams, the only one thing I want to do is move them back to St. Louis. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Steve, awesome. Well done. You can move them right back. Stan Kroenke can't do anything about it. Stanley Enos Kroenke, because he has sold you his team and you are moving it back to where you believe it belongs. I like it. Bubba, who's next? Next up, we have Kai. All right, Ty. Well, what Kai is Kai the... with a K. Kai, what is the one thing you would do if you owned your favorite team? Greeny, how you doing? The one thing I would do, I would hire my favorite player, Ed Reed. He would be my head coach, and I would make it a college atmosphere. I would put soft cushions in the seat, and the fans, will have certain fans will have access to the locker room and it'll be a college atmosphere, Granny, and we will serve the best alcohol inside <laughs> the locker room and get drunk with the players. <laughs> we would get drunk with the players. You sort of buried the lead on that one, Kai. You were working slowly toward it. And then you got to the really important part. The fans would get drunk with the players. See, as the owner, you can do that. You can get drunk with the players if you want to. Uh, that's the beauty of being the owner. You can basically do whatever you want. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? We got Corey. Corey, you're on with me here. Corey, what's the one thing you would do if you owned your favorite team? Hey, Greeny, love the show. Uh, I would love to own an NBA team, and the first thing I would do, I would challenge Mark Cuban to a one-on-one game for charity. I like it. How good do you think Cuban is at basketball? Have you seen him play? I would suspect not good. Uh, he's a pretty athletic guy, and he grew up in Mount Lebanon, PA, he, he you know, as, as most people, I think, know, he wasn't born with a billion dollars. I, I think Mark would be a decent athlete. That's my guess. I bet he can like, make a bunch of th- uh, free throws consecutively, but probably not play. Right I don't now. know. I think that'd be fun. That's okay, I like that one. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Kevin. Kevin, if you owned your favorite team, what's the one thing you would do? Well, yes, sir. Uh, first thing I would do, I'd rub it in my dad's face because I'm a Denver fan and he's an Oakland fan. <laughs> uh, and then secondly, what I would do is I would bring back those beautiful, sexy baby blue uniforms. Let me ask you a question while I have you. Leave him there if you can. Kevin, how is it that your father is an Oakland fan and you're a Denver fan? How did that happen? Well, I think I enjoyed disappointing my dad at a young age. <laughs> um, so... But what I remember, like whenever watching football, or whatever I was young, I used to call them the horses, and I knew my dad would always complain and complain and moan about like Denver, and I was always like, you know what, he hates them, so let's disappoint him and let's become a fan of them. So ever since then, ever since I was like around six years old, I became a fan, and I even have him tattooed on my body. Oh my God, Kevin, I hope you're all right. Uh, that's a, that's a tough story. I- 
I can say this. If my son Steven ever came home one day and said, Dad, I'm rooting for the Patriots, I don't know what I would do. With a tattoo? I really don't. If he had a, if he had a tattoo of, of Bill Belichick on his butt, I would be like, we, we got major issues here. And, and look, when I was a kid, same thing. If I'd come home to my dad and I'd said I'm rooting for, I mean, my dad's teams were very clearly delineated. If I, I, all I had to do was say, you know, Dad, by some analytics, mm. the measure it, that Ted Williams was actually a greater player than Joe DiMaggio, he would have said, oh, that's an interesting opinion, Michael. Uh, why don't you study some more of that in college and pay for that yourself oh, while you're at it? That would have been the end of that. The end of that. Forget about that. My father, he hated the Dolphins. My father hated everybody. That's where I get everything from. He was one of those fans who hated the other team every bit as much as he loved his own team. And and I, I, you know, I I sort of gracefully accepted that. But you weren't rooting for the opposing team. You just weren't doing it. Uh, Bubba, who's next? We got Dave. All right, Dave, give me the one thing you would do if you owned your favorite team. Uh, I would go an entire season completely incognito as Mr. Met. (laughs) <laughs> okay, fair enough. They just want to be the mascot. Just out of curiosity, why would you want to do that incognito? Like, I feel like it would be kind of fun if, every, if Steve Cohen became Mr. Met and he just ran around with a huge baseball on his head or instead of a head. Why, I think that would be fun and endearing. I think the fans would like him even more. Why would you want to do that incognito? You know what? I would love to get a little fan intel. Walking up, meeting fans, hearing what they have to say getting a little more info, but also just the idea of this is just about what I want to do. I, I don't, nobody has to know it's me. Nobody has to celebrate me. I'm just there having fun. I like it. That's fair enough. And look, why would we have any of this, you know, research we pay all this money for to find out what our fans think? I could just walk around the stands at City Field dressed as Mr. Met. Mascots are, do, do mascots even talk? Like They're not supposed to collect Most intel. of them don't talk. <laughs> Some of them talk. I've heard mascots talk. I remember years and years ago, I'm covering Bulls, Suns in the finals, and the gorilla was the mascot of right. the Suns and mm-hmm. was a very big deal. And we tried, I, one of my jobs was to book guests on the talk shows. And I was told that the gorilla would not come on our talk show in Chicago because, quote, he doesn't talk. <laughs> so he would have been a very bad radio guest. <laughs> you know, he does a lot of dunks off trampolines, but he's not talking on your radio show is basically what I was told. All right, Bubba, one more. Let's go to Danny. All right, Danny. Uh, give me your one final thought here, Danny. Go. All right, Greeny, I just want you to know it's a favorite honor. I went to Mizzou, and you're my journalist at Idol, so it's a pleasure to be on for the first time. Well, thank Welcome you. back to radio. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and I want to tell you, man, I think you got this wrong on etiquette with your brother-in-law. I really think that you're falling into the trend that all these young kids do, where it's all text, it's all gift sending, no human contact. I think you should be better than that. Remember, be classy, call your brother-in-law, and let them hear your voice, spread love, and do your mariachi as well. Okay, so now, I, thank you very much for the call. I feel like I need to establish. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. For those of many people who probably were not listening an hour ago when I brought this up, it is a question of etiquette, which is to say it is my brother-in-law's birthday today. And the first thing I did upon waking up this morning was I sent him a birthday gift that is a mariachi band singing happy birthday. Uh, Hembo, you just watched it. It's a fun gift. It's a fun gift. And I spent a little time perusing the gifts to choose one that I thought he would most enjoy, which in my opinion elevates that above the happy birthday text. If you just text someone the words happy birthday, I believe the gift is the superior one. Just because you spent all the time researching it? The time that I spent looking at the, the varying gifts and choosing one. It's like walking into a store and choosing amongst the Hallmark cards which one is the appropriate sentiment for the person you're giving Did it you to. Did you send him a card? 
I did not send him a card. I sent him a gift <laughs> via text. So then, the the what I brought the reason I brought Speaking this up of on this uh, gift has he responded to this yet? Not yet. I will really. He has not. That's a little weird. Well, I don't know what to tell you, but I've not heard back. That's not a good sign. Well, let me explain to the people who don't know why this became a subject, because I'm trying to ward off what I know is awaiting me, which is to say when I get home today, Stace is going to say, did you call, his name is Lewis, did you call Lewis for his birthday? And I'm going to say, I sent him a gif of a mariachi band singing (laughs) happy birthday, and she's going to say, that's not enough, you need to call him. Indeed, she will have already FaceTimed her birthday greeting. And so it strikes me that there is a there's sort of a pecking order of effort that one can make on the birthday. FaceTime goes at the top, followed by the call, followed by the GIF, followed by the text. Does that seem right? No. What, what am I missing? I think a, a thoughtful text rises above the level of your GIF. I really do. You're going text over GIF. I'm going text over GIF, but not just an HBD text, like a happy birthday, Lewis. Hope you enjoy the day, yada, yada, yada. What? No, well, well, what is the yada, yada, yada? Because the happy birthday, hope you enjoy the day is definitively not greater than my mariachi band. There is no way in the world that's better than my GIF. So the yada, yada, yada is what matters Well, you here. described yourself as being fairly close we to We are, us. but I'm not the kind of person, nor is he, nor do we have the kind of relationship where I'm going to write him on his birthday, I just want you to know how much our relationship means to me. That's not on the list of options. I'm not doing that. In fact, there is no person. On my mother's birthday, I wouldn't write that. <laughs> I would not text her. Now, on my mother, on her birthday, I will call her. I call my mother on her birthday. Who else will you call on their birthday, then? Well... Make that list for me. I call my brother on his birthday. I, I don't call Stace on her birthday because I, I'm with her on her birthday. Like, like, like I don't need to call her. I usually, well, actually, for me, there's a whole other level it occurs to me, which is the on-the-air birthday greeting, which, again, 99.9% of the people don't have this option, but I do, and I have for a long time. So I will do a birthday greeting on the air. Actually, I've forgotten an entire other level that everyone has. The social media greeting. The social media happy birthday. You tweet a happy birthday message. You post a picture on Instagram. That's what all the kids do. I noticed that my, my kids, both of them, on their friends' birthdays, they will put an Insta story. They will put up on their Instagram story a picture of that person. Happy birthday. Love you so much. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> but again, I'm 53 years old. Under no circumstances am I posting a picture of my brother-in-law writing, Happy birthday. Love you so much. That's just not on the list of options. So this is what I'm saying. So there's so many different levels to this, and I'm confused by all of it. This is what makes it so hard to be a person and just try and live your life in a reasonable way. So, Bubba, again, as, 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 the, as many people may not know this, but you have a doctorate in etiquette. You actually wrote a thesis. The thesis you defended for your Ph.D. in etiquette was called What Not to Do by Bubba. So this is something you know enormous levels of. What is the appropriate acknowledgement of someone's birthday? I think, um, like you were saying, immediate family, a phone call, I think it's fine, but outside of that, I personally wouldn't do it, but I think a gift is fine because you're it's literally saying happy birthday. So that is that checks all the boxes. He's getting a message from you that says happy birthday. That's fine. I, I receive plenty from my friends. It's a little gift, happy birthday. I reply, thanks, man. We move on. 
Let me ask you a question. Perfect. Done. How about the social media happy birthday? How about the if 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 on your when is your birthday, Bubba? June. Okay, so it's coming up. Yeah. June what? Twentieth. So there's only like you know forty shopping days left until <laughs> Bubba's birthday. Yeah, real close. So if on your birthday I were to put on my Instagram story a picture of you and I wrote "Happy birthday, Bubba, love you," <laughs> what would your reaction to that be? <laughs> well. I'd be I'd be a little concerned. I think <laughs> it would be it would be confusing, right? Yeah. So this is the way I. Yeah, feel. I, th- I don't think most. Yeah, I don't think the social media one. I that's a little weird. Like for like friends or that that in-laws I think laws or what, like you don't need to do. That. I mean that's a little that's a little much. Well, that is that is also a a a, a an acknowledge- There's two different ways that that gets decided. One is your age, right? Your generation. Like no one our age, my age ever does that for their friends. But I will do it for my wife. I'll post a greeting for my wife on there. There's very few. The, 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 the social media greeting is a complicated one in this day and age. And what bothers me to no end is when people will post pictures or just a message, happy Mother's Day, happy Father's Day to their mother or father who are obviously not on Twitter right. or on Facebook or <laughs> right. on Instagram, and they're just virtue signaling that I love my right. mom and dad. But Correct. never even see this message. Right, that's exactly right. I hate right. that. I do too. I hate that. I'm not a huge fan of that. So let me ask you. It's meaningless. All right. So you're married. I am. So how many people are on your... Maybe this could be a way that you determine how close the people in your life... How many people rise to the level of having to actually speak to them live (laughs) on their birthday in your life? For me, the list is very short. My mom and dad and my two sisters... That is the entire. Well, how about your wife? List. You're married, well, of course. But like you said, you're with her, presumably on. Her. So you're going to see it's your. It's that short a list. It's that short a list for me. See, but- I think that's an important question. I, I think these see, these are the things I came back to radio to get to the bottom of because I think it is very important. Can I circle back quickly mm. to my ownership card? Do we feel that we have gotten all the information that we need on this? Well, let me let me finish it with a question. Knowing me as you do, Nuno, prediction. By the time this day ends, will I or will I not have made this phone call? You will. Oh, yeah. Baba? Oh, I mean, by the time the day ends, you're going to have a FaceTime, called him, and sent him a card in the mail. <laughs> you will be handed a phone, a phone with him being dialed already. So correct. Will be, essentially, the, the decision will be taken out of your hands. Okay. The correct, I, the correct but, I mean, you're out right now is he hasn't gotten back to you. So, like, yeah. why are you going to reach out at this point? It is an issue. The correct answer is this call will be placed by the time I get home in the car. And so that I can ward off... The issue when I get home. I don't want to have to deal with this. He might be off put by how casual it was. Or maybe it was so early in the day he, he, already, he just missed it. I, it's, it's certainly possible. possible. In, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the slew, the flurry of happy birthday tw- texts mm. that he probably got. I also don't think a happy birthday text requires a response. Like you've said happy birthday. Now what am I saying back? Thank you. So is there an obligation to then say, yeah, well, you're you welcome? Respond. Where does it you end? Re- just a quick response. There no, here's thanks. what bothers me, Baba. Here's what bothers me. And I wrote about and, this and in a book. that's where it ends. It ends there. No, it doesn't end there. I wrote this in a book in 2000. And, this book came out in 2006. This is how long this has bothered me. 15 years now. Okay? I send you a wedding gift. Let's use Hembo as an example. Hembo and Lizzie get married. I send a wedding gift. Now the obligation is upon them to write a thank you. Now the obligation is on me to acknowledge the thank you. No. Yes, no. it is. What do you mean? Well... Have you or have you not had the experience of sending a thank you to someone for a gift and then not having that be acknowledged and you spend the rest of your life wondering, did they get it? Did they get the thank you? No, Are they aware I, mean, I sent a thank you? It will, I, will stay, I will be awake at night wondering, did Hembo and Lizzie get my thank you? Uh, I don't know about that, but we love the KitchenAid. Well, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, whatever it was that was on your... What percentage 
of the wedding gift do you think I was involved in? And all kidding aside, like, like, like if Stace and I are going to send you a wedding gift, what percentage of the doing of the activity of the sending of the gift do you think I had? Answering her question, how much are we willing to spend? <laughs> Your answer. Even that I don't get to answer. No, I don't. I don't decide that. I don't decide any of these things. The most it might be is confirmation of the spelling of your last name. <laughs> That's probably the extent to which it will go, and no farther than that. So let the record show. I'm delighted that you enjoyed the gift that we sent you. The next time I see it will be the first time I see it. And I say that unashamedly, and I think I speak on behalf of almost everyone I know when I say that. Having said all of that, I forgot where I was going with this. So the point I think I was trying to make is that we've now established Oh, that's it. So the point is, I don't think that he's upset by my, my text. I just don't think he feels it requires a response. We're sure about that? Yeah. So to finish it up today, I want to go back to what I would do if I owned my favorite team. Because I'm thinking more about it. I really do wonder if I had been the general manager of the Jets for the last eight years, if I would have done better than what they had. I generally don't know that the answer isn't yes. If you look at the Jets, at, the, at their, their history, until Joe Douglas got there, like the, the Mike Tannenbaum, uh, not, not Mike Tannenbaum, he was, did well. Right, since him. Um, who am I forgetting? Um, oh, I'm forgetting his John name. Idzik. Uh, well, Idzik was the worst ever. McCagnin? And then McCagnin. John Idzik, I would absolutely have done better. <laughs> so that's the point. Like, don't laugh at yourself. If you buy a team, just take over. That's my advice. If you buy a team, just take over. In most cases, you will do better than what was there before. All right, this has been fun. Thank you so much for hanging out, as always. We will see you back in Better Than Ever, same time, same place tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.